Welcome to From the Jingweeds. Today on the job board, we have the NFL Draft, the Beastie Boys, Assistants, the Happenings on the Golf Course, and the debut of a new segment, the Good Idea Fairy. So grab your spoons, head to the track, it's time to tee off. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another episode of From the Jingweeds. Uh, thanks for joining us here, and uh, I'd like to welcome my partner, Dan. Dan, how you doing? Doing good, man. Good to see you. Yeah. Uh, so what's been going on? You, uh, What's going on on the golf course this week? Why don't we tackle that right off the bat? I mean, I, I think we, we're continuing to hammer the fact that we're, we're dealing with transition. So to that point last week, we've already cut tees and approaches on both golf courses, Again, just trying to mechanically remove that ryegrass from the profile and continue to push Bermuda growth. So right after that verticut and top dress, put a half half pound of in down just so that Bermuda has something to take up and being nitrogen, just so that, you know, the Bermuda has something to take up and, and continue to grow. Heights have been lowered. Um, you know, we talked about trying to remove some of the ryegrass with lower in height. So getting that down, getting any sunlight any heat into the profile to get that Bermuda growing. That's what we're doing. Everything we got going on this week, we verticut and top dress greens, same, same concept, just trying to get that poetry that overseeded turf out of the, out of the green. And, uh, how deep, how deep you got those verticut reels going? Just real light. Just so it's barely flicking the surface so I can get just a little bit of removal. I'm not trying to dethatch. I'm just trying to get, you know, just kind of flick that, triv out right top dress right on top um we didn't fertilize behind that app yet probably maybe next week look at in the green spray just putting a little fertilizer anything we can do to just push push bermuda growth i mean i would say when do you hold on uh sorry to interrupt them when uh when do you think you'll verticut again is this going to be a weekly thing do you think right now you know because as we get deeper in the summertime it becomes for me a more of a weekly process right now are you thinking weekly or is it going to be kind of growth of bermuda temperature wise is that going to tell the story for of me what your i next step probably is? won't get any more cultural practices on the greens until i close on may 18th so i close 18 holes so i'll verticut again aerify those greens okay um but yeah probably not until then all right as far as tees fairways and approaches we'll I'll, I'll probably run a spring rake over my fairways and just again try to open up the that soil profile get any bermuda growth we can get going okay. now prior to spraying out you know anything we can do to push that bermuda growth is what we're, we're trying back to, accomplish. to the, back to the tees that you verticut last week did you top dress those at all or mm-hmm. no no some of that has to do with just trying to watch expenses for yeah um because of the coronavirus or the situation is a little different. So we got to manage those things. And then I'm going to go into the summer with, uh, you know, do top dressing fairways, teasing and approaches again, just continue yep. that the last two years we did half inch on tees, fairways and approaches this year. We'll do a quarter to a half. And then every year just continue to try to modify my soils as best as possible. So all that will kind of get lumped in. Okay. Yeah. So you're basically heavy top dressing like yeah. I am once a year. Uh, this year I did try, um, to kind of start dusting my tea boxes a little bit earlier. Um, and again, it's a logistics thing for me. Yeah. Uh, small staff. I have island tea tops. So they're real hard. To, they're a pain to get on and off. And then I'm throwing sand everywhere. Right. So I've, uh, I kind of halted that. And it was because I was almost 
I was wasting a lot more than I was actually doing. So I kind of bailed on that and I'll just worry about burying them after I uh, airify. Yeah. And the, I mean, that's probably the difference between 18 and 36 holes, right? You got to do everything and play regardless. But having the benefit of closing 18 holes is you really can't do anything cultural until it's closed. Right. I yeah. can't, you know, can't get too aggressive with an aggravator out in the fairways or, you know, because it's impeding play and yeah. in two weeks or three weeks from now we're going to be closed so we can just do all that in one. Yeah, that's uh, what I got going on this week here at my golf course. I am, I am running the Aerovator. The Aerovator is a machine that uh, is PTO driven on a tractor and they're solid tine um, spikes. They're four inches, um, a little over a half inch in diameter. And what it does, it goes in the ground and running off the PTO, it creates or it it makes the tine do a figure eight almost like a conical shape in the ground yeah right? it kind of goes in does a little figure eight or a conical the, the base is obviously wider than the yeah, hole so the hole exactly. on the top of the surface is not very big but you're causing a lot of disruption underneath right and i'm just mowing right behind it and yeah. uh i've done five holes so far uh this week when we started on the backside, we're trying to get way ahead of play uh we'll finish the back nine this week between tomorrow and friday um, and then next week, what I'll do is either Monday or Tuesday is we'll just have golf start on number 10. That way we can get three or four holes out in front of play um, before they reach, you know, back to the front side, which will be their second side. And uh, we should have it all mowed. Uh, they Typically, the golfers are playing through one hole of that right now. Um, and it doesn't do much. You know, there's no plug. Uh, so it's not doing much disruption at all. Uh, it's just making a hole. It toughs up the grass a little mm-hmm. bit, but it's, you know, I haven't had any complaints. And if they do complain, I just tell the golfers, hey, this stuff doesn't happen at night. You know, sorry for the inconvenience, which it's not even really. I haven't had anybody complain. I've had questions what we're doing, but there's no complaint. Oh, no, this is fine to play off. It's no big deal. I'm just asking you know, what are you guys doing? And this year's I mean, kind of an anomaly, too, with people staying way later. And yeah. typically in Arizona, like this week's been 100 degrees, 95, 96, 100. Most of the, the snowbirds have since left. Yeah. And now since their home states are, are closed, you know, they're kind of hanging around. Yeah. And so it's uh, it's pretty crazy. And that brings up a point or just a I saw a tweet the other day and I can't remember her name. I believe she's an uh, assistant pro at a golf course up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And um, she just said, you know, 2019 year to date was 492 rounds of golf. 2020 year to date, they're at 1,702 rounds of golf. It's insane. There's, that's just point right there. There's nothing else to do. So thank no. God golf courses are still open. Yeah. You know, and they've stayed open. You know, I don't know if they even, sh- obviously that tells me they did not shut down at all and they must have had a mild winter. You know, I believe in Coeur d'Alene, they mm-hmm. still do play almost year round because it is the arid desert climate up there. Sure. Um, so, you know, that's awesome that they've been able to do that much. I know one of the guys down the street from here is doing 400 rounds a day between two golf mm-hmm. courses, maybe 450. So, you know, rounds are way up, way up at my place. So, yeah, impeding a little bit on the play, you know, we're not quite used to doing it at this time of year for us because uh, we're always starting this early doing these projects. I I, I've got to get them done. You yeah, know, yeah. I have the summer to do it. It sounds like a long time, but with what we're doing, there's no time. It seems like the weeks fly by. 
you know, like, man, I only got, you know, oh, half yeah. the golf course done this right. week. And you're thinking, oh, how am I ever going to, oh, we got plenty of time, plenty of time. Next thing, it's August yep. 1st, and you better be done with yeah. doing everything that we're going to be doing. Yeah, so, and I, I mean, for those, I mean, some of those northern courses, you know, these, I think the people that are sticking around or go back to the northern courses typically – they're used to having to play twice, or you know, airifying twice a year, airifying yep. fairways in play. So maybe they're used to seeing that already. Yeah. And like I know members who never stick around, and they come back and they go, "Oh, well, you never airify, you never, you know, I've never seen you do this." And it's like, well, all that stuff happens when you're not here on the yeah, closed exactly, golf course. Yeah. We, we airify twice a year. We verticut. We, you know, we do all those things that your your property does back home. We just do it when you're not here. Right, yeah. So at least they get to see it a little bit more. That's possibly a, a plus, you know, that some of those members that aren't really around when we're doing all this, they get to see actually what goes on, quote unquote, behind the scenes. Yeah. So none of it's behind the scenes for us. It's just they happen to be off to the lovely Midwest where they're from. <laughs> Love those people. <laughs> you know, I'm going to throw anytime I get the chance, just, I'm going to just, I'm just going to say, can't help you. yourself. I'm going to say hi to you all. That's all I'm saying is hi. Hi everybody from the Midwest. Beautiful people doing nothing. Anyways. Uh, so that's pretty much all I got going on the golf course this week um, is running that aggravator over there. And it's, uh, you know, it's opening up, you know, some holes, get the heat down there, get some uh, water down to the uh, Bermuda grass roots. And uh, what are you doing with water still staying on the same plan, kind of hammering the place? I mean, it's it's so hot so early. Yeah. We're, we're trying to hang on to ryegrass. We got golfers sticking around. And so we need to continue to make playability as much as good as possible. For me, it's kind of a weird balance because... If I start laying the water to the ryegrass, the Bermuda grass starts getting wet because yeah. it's not taking as much moisture up. And then it's like, well, if I back off the water to dry up the rough, it's not overseeded, then am I going to start losing, you know, grass in the yeah. surrounds or tees or fairways, which, you know, it's kind of this delicate balance, a weird time of year, but, you know, we face it every year. No, no complaints so yeah. far. So it's just keeping the water to the ryegrass as much as possible, injecting some wetting agents and just keeping the moisture. Yeah, trying to keep it around until you get that chance to close down that one golf Mm -hmm. course, which will be nice when you get to do that. Other than you're going to complain that you've got a ton of work to do in a short little time. It's you. I mean, you're right. It's crazy how fast the time goes. You're like, oh, we got, you know, we got five week closure. We're going to get all this stuff done. Next thing you know, we're closing down the next golf course. It's like, (laughs) yeah. And just (laughs) starting right back up again. Um, yeah, so this year, at least, you know, speaking of closures, we do, uh, this is going to be the first year that I'm going to be able to close uh, for four days to airify my greens. Um, when I first started at Desert Canyon, it was uh, just close one nine, let the golfers play the back nine, and then flip it the next day. Um, all we did was get complaints, and we were done airifying and cleaned up and done by like 9.30 or 10 o'clock. And I'm chomping at the bit to go to the backside, but we can't. So I had a conversation, um, and we were able to, for these past three years, is closed for one day, and we get it all done. Uh, Last year, we got even more complaints, and people weren't playing, so my owner was nice enough to me to say, you know what, if you can get it all done, and we can open it back up on Friday, and it's fairly decent to play on, I'm willing to do that. So this year I get four days. So that's going to be nice. It's going to be the first quote unquote closure other than overseed that I'll have in my time at 
uh, Desert Canyon. So that'll be nice. We'll be able to get everything done, done correctly at a efficient speed where you're not trying to just go balls out, you know, and work the guys 15 hours that one day. And when we do it, it's going to be June. And if it's already 100 degrees now, that just tells me it's going to be probably 115 the day that we do that. It always is 115. It's always true. And uh, so that it doesn't help the crew at all when you're dealing with that. But it's one of those things we got to get done. So this year we'll be able to kind of not really slow down, but do it more efficiently and safely and make sure that everybody's, you know, hydrated enough and all that. Um, which that, speaking of hydration, that word just sparked something to me. Um, with uh, everything kind of opening up, uh, quote unquote, for the other states, and there's more action, I believe. Uh, our governor is supposed to announce something on Friday, and there's a lot of talk that he's going to open it. Um, not sure what that open it means because they haven't come up with a plan. They're just saying that there's big news coming, but the talk around town is that they're going to open things back up, I guess, in a gradual, every, make sure everybody's safe doing all their things. Um, it's 100 degrees out, and what are we doing with water jugs and water bottles? Um, we had the conversation the other day. Um, we're putting, we put them back out and we put a sign on the water jug that says for your safety only use at your own discretion. Mm -hmm. Water jugs have been cleaned this morning, you know, before the water went out. Um, and we're kind of thinking, you know, we need to make sure people are hydrated right now. Um, are you guys doing anything different? Has a talk come up about putting water back out, you know, basically for the safety of the person from dehydration? Never mind this, you know, virus that's running around and the worrisome about that. But uh, trying to keep them safe in that sense. So we we haven't put our water coolers back out. I think we did have a conversation about that earlier. And I just, I mean, I don't know what the club's decision is going to be. I mean, I know there's some risk to it, so they're they're going to take every precaution possible. We do have you know water stations with water and ice on yeah on the turn on each side. We got one at the clubhouse, and again, a lot of I mean, most of my members live on property, so and they know quite a few people around. So I'm, I know if there was ever a situation, they could probably stop it. You know, Mister Johnson's house, yeah. and grab a water, or knock on the door, and say, "Hey, you mind?" So yeah, no, I think they're pretty well prepared. They understand what they're going to do. Um, we did start sending around a, a bev cart. We typically don't have a bev cart, but you know, as kind of reinforcement, if anybody does need water out there, we're going to continue to try to provide because the last thing we need is a, a de dehydration or anybody getting hurt. Right. So it's, again, it's this weird balance where we don't want anybody to get sick. Because they're all sharing a water jug, but then we don't want to get anybody dehydrated. So, you know, something we haven't done yet, but, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start talking about it soon. And I think probably our best option would be water bottles, but again, that comes with a cost. You're so. Right, yeah. Because uh, we did talk about that was, hey, how about water bottles? And, uh, you know, we can hide it in the cost of the green fee, or we can offer for them to buy them right there at when they're checking in. But we we went back and forth, and I was kind of playing devil's advocate with my general manager, you know, because I believe one way, and that is prepare yourself. It's not up to me to tell you what to do or what to touch or anything else. So we went back and forth, and he brought up a good point. It's none of this has been mandated. We were not mandated to close our ball washers. We weren't mandated to flip the cup upside down. You know, no one told any of us to do 
anything. They didn't tell us to take the water jugs off. So this has been all kind of our self just being the quote unquote nice guy by taking all the bunker rakes out, you know, and all that stuff. But no one told us to make sure you remove everything that anybody can touch. That was all basically for public perception is that we're doing our best. Uh, So we kind of took it on as we're doing our best on the public perception and uh, we're going to make sure that they've got water if they need it. Uh, So that's kind of what's happening there. And I can see the bunker rakes are there. The minute he says it's open, they're all going back out there. Everything's going back out and it's going to change. It's going to be, it has to be up to each individual to make sure they're safe. I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of wiping everyone's ass or holding their hand, you know? Um, So that's what we're going to do. And uh, unless somebody comes and says, nope, that's it. It's in this mandate. And they show me a letter that says you can't have a bunker ache or can't have a water jug. Uh, you know, that's the direction I think we're going to go is start to slowly upon ourselves bring things back out um, onto the golf course. So any comments from yesterday from nope, no. not a person, not a person. And I'll tell you what, you know, who loved it the most was me. I was out doing some stuff and uh, I was on the furthest point of the golf course and lo and behold there's my water jug filled with water and ice wheeled right over to it filled my yeti cup up and good to go before i'd probably stay out there a little bit longer thinking oh man i'm dying out here you know i need some damn water and i find at some point i gotta pick the opportunity to say that's it i'm driving back to the clubhouse or all the way back to the shop um not drinking the water out of the sink in the bathroom you're not gonna kick on a head yeah just kidding yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're not going to the bathroom you yeah. the, the urinal snake yeah exactly yeah i'm definitely not drinking out of the bathrooms just because i mean really it's, it's clean water but it's warm you know it so i want water and ice so I, I loved it yesterday i was like oh this is great uh to have this thing over here so you know but yeah no comments um I think someone did comment about, you know, it's, I'm glad you have them out there uh, again. And it's uh, a good thing you put that sign on. And I, you know, and when I heard the comment, I was just like, you know, it didn't come right from the golfer to me. It came through the line of, of people that someone mentioned something. And I was like, you know, good for me. It should be up to you, you know, to take care of this. So, mm-hmm. but who knows? I don't know where it's all going to go. It's It's got to stop at some point. Let's go with the vaccine or just open it up and let people fend for themselves. That's my that's my take on it. Uh, so what are your, uh, you got plans for next week? You got anything planned or are you just going to kind of keep on going the way you're going as far as maintaining the golf course or are you going to throw in anything else culturally? You said maybe the spring rake? Yeah, I'll we'll probably check out the spring rake on the, on the fairways and try to get some material up, you know, some dethatching, and then once we get done with that, we'll move over to the rough. But I don't oversee, but I just want to try to knock down some of the thatch. Yeah, it's one of the things about not prepping rough for overseed. That's almost like a when we when I was at Indian Wells and we would do overseed prep, and the you know that's almost a thatch management because you're yep. scalping it down to right. the dirt, so you're removing all the, every thatch every year. When you don't overseed uh, the rough, you know you don't have that, so you got to you know, aerify it and, and I'll run the spring rake and just try to thin it out as much as possible and get any of that dead Bermuda material out of there. I mean, most of my Bermuda is pretty greened up. So yeah. pretty good. So just some thatch removal it tends to get, I don't know, in the rough when it gets real long, it almost, sometimes you hit some shots and it flips up a, a turf oh, like yeah. a toupee, you yeah. know? And so I'm trying to eliminate that. So we're going to try to thin out the rough as much as possible. 
And then I'm even considering just scalping it down when it's closed for those five weeks and to let it all new growth come yeah. up. I think it'll look really good. So I'm kicking that idea around. I just don't know what I'm going to do with all that material. Yeah. But what if you um, uh, maybe go take one of those kind of just off the T areas and go do it right now? Yeah. You know, go and buzz that thing down and kind of watch it for the whatever you got 15, 18 days before you close. Um, and see how it responds, right. and that will probably tell you the you know real story is what you really want to do. What instead do you, of, what you got going next instead week? Instead of mo- instead of Monday morning, <laughs> you know, of the 18th that you yeah. closed, and you're like, all right, it's pitch black out. Let's go fire that thing up and scalp this. <laughs> send the green and, smower out. <laughs> yeah, send the green smower out in the rough. Yeah, buzz it right down. Um, no, the only thing that I have got going on next week is uh, continue with the aerator. That's uh, that'll be the front yeah. side. Um, so. Kind of boring, nothing, nothing new to add to the, you know, the storyline of Desert Canyon, but hey, it's all got to get done and it gets done slowly. So we'll run that thing around. Uh, heights of cut, are going to stay where they're at here for a little bit uh, until the ryegrass is really gone. And uh, like, I'll start playing around with a couple of my, uh, the chemicals to spray out the ryegrass. I was thinking maybe that'll be something I can talk about next week. I was thinking of going and spraying the front of the driving range tea. Um, kind of see how it responds, see how fast it, how long have you it takes. Sprayed out before? Yeah, I have sprayed out before. Yeah. Um, but I may try a couple different chemicals. Um, you know, there's some out there that I've been kind of sniffing around. It's a lot for me. Again, it's the expense. Uh, manuscript is I had pretty well, good results with one, it right? last year, and it was it's really cheap. Um, so it really that when that came on the market, that was a game changer for a lot of us that have small budgets. Last year, yeah. Good results. Yeah, it was pretty good. It, um, you know, it was gone in about two weeks, and I would say about three weeks later, uh, the only strong, only the strong survive, and the strong ones survived, and they started coming back. Yeah. Uh, but by then, it was beginning of June when it really started to come back. Um, so I just let the heat take it out after that. You know, I'm really looking to more or less punch it in the face. Mm-hmm. I don't have the expense, the expenses to really spray it out and nuke the whole joint, make sure it's gone with a revolver, a tribute total or whatever. Yeah, uh, I've always used some of the products that are out there. Re- revolver in the past. And I think I'm going to use Monument this year and just see what it does. So the, I, I do like the revolver app. It knocks it out, knocks it out quick. I've done the Sapphire, um, for the slow burnout yep. kind of thing. Uh, I just, I, I like what Revolver does. Yeah, you know what com- you got. Yeah, you're, you're comfortable done. with it. Yeah, you, <laughs> you, you definitely know to... how much Marini you got left when you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly, because it's it'll nuke out the ryegrass, and yeah, you all of a sudden go, uh oh, did I spray a little too early? <laughs> I thought I had way more Marina. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That <laughs> I old swear thing. there was Marina there. Driving much. around right now, you're going, shit, we should be spraying this <laughs> stuff. We should be killing it. And yeah, and then you find out real quick that you ain't got shit, son. Yep. Um, but you know, you brought up a uh, product there. That monument. Um, I think we we had a question on uh, from one of our listeners uh, from uh, at Hack Attack Skins. Um, he sent out a question. Uh, this is for the uh, homeowners. Um, this can kind of tie into our segment that we're now going to call Homegrown. Um, our lovely producer Andy came up with that name. Um, I think you can all, some of you will definitely know where that homegrown statement came from. Uh, that's him, not us. Well, me. I don't care. Uh, I know exactly what Andy was talking about. So anyways, we got a homegrown tip. Or one of them. He had a question. We can tie this together. He had a question. He's got nut sedge, which is a weed. 
uh, in his backyard, in his lawn, and he's asking, how do you get rid of it? Um, for all of you that are dealing with nutsedge, we all know it is really hard to get rid of. Um, it is a weed that actually, they call it nutsedge because where its tubers come out is actually a nut or a nut-like root ball or whatever you call it. It's a nut, right? Oh, it looks and like they have that. purple and yellow nutsedge. Um, some chemicals work on one of the nutsedges and not on the other. Um, what uh, you have sprayed before is monument to get rid of nuts. The best results I've got I seen is or is a monument. Yeah. Okay. In the past I've done the pro sedge. I mean, you got to pick right. You know, the right one. Multiple apps. I've I've got the the best success I, that I've seen is from monument. Which yeah. Is, at the same time, it's a pretty expensive chemical. Yeah. Exactly. Um. You know, I know MSMA really burns it out. Um, you're going to have to spray that a couple times to really push it back. Uh, but it's really expensive, monument, really expensive. So if you're the homeowner, um, you're talking pretty expensive to spray your yard. So, But if you were able to get it, you're going to have to get it at a landscape supply store. You're not yeah. going to find it at a Home Depot or a Lowe's or the Ace Hardware. You're going to have to go to a... You know, any one of these professional uh, type places like Site One or uh, out here is a Ewing Irrigation. I mean, I think uh, I think store. I've seen in the past Ewing selling like one packet of Monument. So okay. it's probably like 50, 60 bucks an acre. Yeah, it's I know it's really expensive. But if you can get but it, it in small amounts, yep. you know, and you keep it around at your house and make sure you don't chuck it. Um, you can use it for quite some time, you know, on your yard. <laughs> Side note, don't spray Monument on a cool season turf. It will kill that cool <laughs> yeah, season turf. Yeah, it will kill it, yes. Um, but in, here goes something else. I know who that person is that sent that in um he's gonna have a tough time because um out here in arizona and i'm sure that it's in other states as well in the older communities is uh they have flood irrigation um, which are these tiny little canals that run around the city and then you have a valve key at the end of the road and you all have to time out when you're going to take irrigation when you're not so you're not taking your neighbor's irrigation and all this other stuff but it's kind of a pain but what you do is you open up this valve and uh, it starts to flood your backyard and you have, you know, whatever the scheduled time is and it just starts flooding the backyard and it works. And usually there's a drain at your wall or, you know, to get the water out to the front yard. And typically by the time uh, you're supposed to shut it off so you're not stealing your neighbor's amount, you're not going over your allotment, it's barely reached your front yard. No, you know, right. So your backyard's a lake and it's barely gotten to your front yard. Um, so what comes in on those uh, canals is everything every seed from every weed you know i'm sure animals have come through it you know you're getting i mean they're wide open canals so anything that goes in there is coming in and it's coming into your backyard so you're going to fight these things with flood irrigation you're going to fight them all the time because every time you go out and spray something you're going to end up getting it next time you flood irrigate you know <laughs> in comes so that's where good uh, pre-emergent uh, fertilizer, I mean, pesticides work or herbicides, technical term. Um, you know, you, you make sure you get your pre-emergents dialed in, uh, put them out at the right times, uh, read the labels uh, and ask questions. I mean, we're here to answer, but we're also not here to read the label for you. Um, that's That goes out to homeowners, superintendents, assistants, whoever's listening to this that touches these things. 
read the label. Um, there's some of these things you definitely, you don't even want it touching your skin, let alone the fumes of it, you know, breathing it in or getting it splashed into your eye. Um, make sure you wear glasses or gloves or whatever. Protect yourself. But make sure you read that label, follow it along, and then you can ask questions at wherever you buy it. They'll pretty much tell you when all that business, when to put it out and how to put it out. Um, so that's uh, that's a homegrown tip of the week uh, for uh, Hack Attack Skins. Thanks for listening, boys. <laughs> um, so anything else you want to move on to? Uh, well, I think what? it's a good time for a listener question here. I mean, this week's uh, listener question comes from Ed Cutler there in Carroll, Iowa. He asked, uh, what are your thoughts on, on music on the golf course? Ah, Very yeah. easy answer for me. I, I am a music listener, and... It doesn't bother me. People, you know, how do you listen to music? And how are you thinking about the game and this and that? I think bullshit. The biggest picture right now is it's an evolution of the game, and it's it's more than just talking about music on the golf course. I like to have a couple beers, like to listen to music, enjoy it. My experience yeah. on the golf course. I know some you know stiffies don't like that, right? But we got to also understand and this can lead into how the game's evolving and how we got to start being more inclusive of everybody in this. This country club feel is is going to force people away rather than allowing them on the golf course. And we got to encourage people any way we can to get on the golf course. And yep. if you want to play golf in gym shorts, maybe that's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, maybe I don't like it. And and maybe that's just being me, a, a traditionalist. But if it gets you on the golf course and that's why you want to play, you know, then what do I care? Crank yeah, exactly. the tunes. Put on your golf, your basketball shorts and go go play 18 yeah. holes. Just make sure you wear a shirt. I did catch a couple guys a couple years ago uh, playing the backside uh, shirtless on my golf course. <laughs> better than pantsless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's better than pantsless. <laughs> You're definitely right on that. But, yeah, I thought that was a little too far. The tank tops are probably a little too far for me. Um, I think just look like a goddamn respectable human being. Yeah. Um, as long as that's, you know, what it is, who am I to judge what your uniform compared right. to mine? If that's what is, you're comfortable with. Is in, any better? Yeah. Then well, I don't... your money's as good as mine. Right. And then we can talk about music too. You know, at your place, you've got those, with the tracker? Yeah. Where you get the GPS yeah, and then do. you can Bluetooth into the speakers. Yeah, we so have I speakers think, in the Yeah, that's just in a the shift carts. in the game. It's something that, it's just time to embrace change. Yeah. And it's the old stiff country club. I mean, that's, it's okay at places, and there's clubs here, or there's clubs everywhere that yep. you can join that, but I still think there's an evolution of the game, and yep. we got to be more inclusive of everyone. Yeah, and in order to grow it, I think it's I mean, it's got to happen. It's important for our careers. Right. You know? Yeah, we need, we need golfers, because the golfers stop, then the golf courses go away, and we're done. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. Yeah, we listen to music all the time, uh, or whether it's podcast or music. We're always cranking it. It's never crazy loud. I definitely have heard, you know, from a hole away, right. someone's cart going or they got the big boombox speaker. It's like, come on, again. We don't need respect, a Motley Crue concert. Yeah, respect others, you know, listen to your music. But thanks, uh, Ed, for the question. Uh, I think Ed is one of our top listeners. Big Ed. Favorite, I don't, I don't even... I actually, I think I've met Ed once. Or yeah, once I met Ed. Yep. And uh, the other day I was telling you that uh, I think Ed is always going to be Big Ed. 
for some reason. I said, I've never even met the guy. And he said, no, I think we've met the guy before. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I invited I him to one met. hack attack. He takes two skins and never came back. Yeah, real exactly. nice. Yeah, real nice. Thanks for taking the money, Ed. <laughs> He's got a built-in excuse with coronavirus for the summer, too. <laughs> yeah. We'll get that money back, Dad. Yeah, we'll get that money back. <laughs> Let's hope. Oh, I think you've already, he's already spent enough on you. <laughs> That's true. Um, but uh, let's move into kind of what the meat of this podcast was going to be about um, after we've covered that, you know, what we need to cover on the golf course. I think we're going to touch on the subject of, or actually we're going to dive into it deep, I think, here for a little bit, on the assistant superintendent. Um, I think we want to talk about, you know, give those guys kind of, a, you know, a little bit of spotlight um for all the work they do um kind of maybe touch on our experiences as an assistant um you know maybe some funny stories that you came across or crazy things that you saw going on or had to do but more or less i think we're going to dive into the assistant and how it's coming up um through the ranks of uh the industry where the assistant is coming from uh, where are we finding them? How do we find them? Um, and are they even out there in the numbers that were there? You know, I'm talking, are they out there? Are they going to school? You know, yeah. are they getting the education that we got? Um, you know, which, I mean, I'll talk about mine right now. Mine is awesome. Um, he has zero schooling. Um, he's a Hispanic kid that when he came here to the United States, got a job on a golf course and he's been there pretty much ever since uh started as an operator moved his way to an irrigator and uh when he moved over to me um he was again i didn't know him i didn't know his background um i hired him and he was first day running a weed eater about a week in i realized he knew a lot more even though he told me in the interview, but I didn't know who he was. So I wasn't, you know, we run into those all the time where, oh yeah, I know how to do everything. You don't know shit, you know. Mm -hmm. By watching him in a week, I knew that he definitely knew a lot more. He asked a few questions about irrigation. He started talking to my irrigator at the time. And I definitely knew that what he told me in that interview, he knew. So I ended up moving him on to being the irrigator and lost an assistant over something uh i don't know if he i can't remember it's been years um he's been with me for seven years and i've told him a hundred times that if i go anywhere you're coming with me mm -hmm. so if i ever get another job that's locally enough for him to follow me he's coming with me he knows how i think uh he knows what i want done um so he's we work really good together um I kind of let him run the crew. I've told him this is your crew. Uh, if you don't, if you find a guy that you're having a problem with, you deal with him. If it becomes a problem, I'll deal with him. The thing is, you don't want it because when I got to deal with him, he's probably gonzo. But if he comes to me and says, "Hey, this guy isn't working out," um, or he's really good, we should try him on this machine. Um, or if you know more or less, it's a you're you're gonna have to deal with him. So you run him how you want. I step in, but I do give him as much leeway to, you know, it's his crew, so he's going to do it. Um, but again, he was a guy that was just hard working where I could teach him the way I wanted things done. So he's learned more from me, uh, and I know this because he said it to me, uh, he's learned more from me than his 18 years in the business before he got to me. Uh, so... 
as long as he's listening and writing down, he, he fills out a calendar just like I do now. I have a calendar that kind of just every day I make notes on it, what we did. Uh, maybe it was a fertilizer application. It's all color coordinated that if you held it up to me from across the room, I couldn't tell you exact things, but I could tell you just by the colors that are on there that day what we did what if we ran water uh, at a certain point you know whether we ran the uh, aerovator or a solid time greens whatever it is um, heights of cut are all on there if they change um, and I've noticed uh, in maybe two years ago I opened up his drawer on his desk to grab a pen and there was a calendar all filled out exactly how I have it so that will go with him forever you know, if he ever has to look back on things, you know, I, he's always asking me, hey, when are we going to start doing this? Last year, we did it at this time. So he's looking at last year's calendar. So I've grown, I've kind of molded him into, you know, being a little me. Um, and he's an awesome irrigator. He knows the troubleshooting is, um, I haven't seen anybody quite like it uh, as far as tracking wires or fixing a clock or something. So that's huge for me. Um, he's better at it than I am easily better at it than I am um, so whenever we have problems boom he's off and going to take care of it I just leave it to him um, so that's kind of my experience with my assistant um, but uh, you know where do we go with these guys what are you seeing that's out there or hearing are these guys going to school do, do we have the numbers you know, that I, are in school both of, both of my guys they they have turf degrees uh i got one kid who who came to me and it was kind of as a second assistant position he went on to colorado and another property for a couple months um decided to come back as, as still the second assistant because i had two other assistants at the time uh one of the assistants has a four-year degree and the other one that I had at the time, he just started on a crew, worked really hard, and decided that's what he wanted to do. So he was doing some online schooling and just worked his way up kind of the same as yours, uh, just by hard work and paying attention. And now he's since moved on, and I was able to move Cody, who has a two-year certificate, up to up to that you know assistant position. So it was a nice, easy transition. But... um finding assistance when i first got here was extremely difficult and this was four years ago yeah you know finding a good fit my fear is that our degree is kind of dying and it's almost like it it's going back to how it started and i think the original golf course superintendent was a guy that just started on the crew and kind of worked his way up yep you know that was more of the typical thing and and then we made this big shift into having a two or four year degree and you got to have an agronomy degree and you got to do you know before you can get hired so anyway, I think we're going to start to make this shift back to just grooming our guys and, and maybe it's an online certificate or two, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But everything you learn is going to be whoever your superintendent is and everything, you know, as you bounce around and you pick up tools. I mean, I went, I went to the University of Nebraska. I, I learned more in a three month internship oh, yeah. on a golf course Absolutely. Than, you know, having to figure out what color cow is going to be. If it's a brown one yeah. mates with a white one, yeah, I'm not learning about turf. Now, Cody went to a two-year technical college. He went through mechanic training. He went through all, you know, he rode all this equipment. Oh, yeah. Like, it was extremely specific to what he wanted to do. Yep. Much like probably car dealing school, right? Right. You're going to get that where for my bachelor's, it was like, all right, you're going to take genetics class. And now you're going to get some math class about 3D vectors in space. And then, you know, the... For all my credit hours, 
you know, not not a whole lot of that was like just strictly golf course growing turf, right? Yeah, you know. And so when you actually get on the golf course, you see you know, follow the superintendent around. You take as many notes as you can. Then you see what really happens. Like right. Where you know, I knew you were supposed to aerify the greens. Yeah. But we never talk about why or what it does for the turf. You know, until you're on there and you see what you're doing and you understand. Yeah, you can touch and feel right. and sniff so, and all that stuff. Yeah. You know, I think we're going to be in an all right place if that's the direction we're going of, of growing with when with growing from within. Right. You know, in the future. But I and that puts more more pressure on us though because now we got to groom these guys and if if you get a guy in the crew that you know is going to work out you know you got to do your best to try to keep him around right you know? yeah and it can be hard because we don't pay a lot of money yeah that's uh that's kind of where i was gonna kind of segue a little bit here is uh you know is what are the reasons that people aren't coming into this i know when i was in school um i probably went at the wrong time i went when everybody was going uh, you know, the late 90s had just come through and the Tiger Woods age was coming. These, you know, HD TV was coming. So golf courses were looking so much better. The technology on the golf course was that much better. Then you hear, you know, all the golf course craze, it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. Then you hear what superintendents are making for money. And it's like, oh, wow, I can do that and make that much money. Hell yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And when I was in school, there was a flood uh, of people. So when I got to my first job and uh, I was a spray tech and I remember it was uh, maybe, I don't know, two or three months into the job, um, you know, they were kind of the assistant and my old boss, they were kind of coming to heads and uh, we put out an ad for an assistant to replace him because he thought maybe this was it. And maybe if I put it in there, he'll get his shit together and, uh, you know, he'll either leave or... He'll stick around and realize that I'm going to move on from you if this doesn't work out. And he got a stack and he must have had 100 resumes come through for an assistant. You know, and then it comes down to how do you choose? And they're all qualified. By the time I left eight years later, when they were replacing me, he got one resume. Is that right? For Desert Highlands Golf Club. Desert yeah, Highlands. at Desert Highlands. Yeah, my- one resume. My one of my assistants said it was the same thing. There was a, like a TPC course in Florida. He went and interviewed for. He was the only applicant, and it, it was posted for like two weeks. The only one a TPC course. You would think, yeah, that we, people would be flooding to get that on their resume. Right. Yeah. And it's just one, and I think it's turned into some sort of pageantry too. Yeah. It's, it's insane to me. You would assume like. Assume like a Desert Highlands or a Stancy would have no problem. Oh yeah, like, yep. What better job could you get coming out of college and going there? Yep. I mean, to put one of those, you know, any of these high end clubs around town on your resume would be a no brainer. Right. Now, I, I guess, I, from what I understand, it's just like you have to woo these kids, and it's like they want a house, and yep. they gotta have this gas, and yeah. Yeah, they want all the extras instead of the work that it takes to do. I mean, when I started as an assistant, I was making thirty grand, and I was we were grinding. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was at twenty eight, uh, and I did one day. Me and the other assistant, we were kind of griping about it a little bit that you know the money's not there and this and that, but whatever. So we did the mathematical equation and figured out what we were making hourly, and we did it once. Yeah, because I didn't want to see that number again. No. Um, but that really wasn't what I was fighting for was the money. Yeah, we all want the money, but 
I kind of realized that it's going to take time before I make that yeah. money. I mean, I knew that going in. Right. It's like, I'm going to have to do that. Everybody else has done it ahead of me. I'll do it. and then. But I saw the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I saw what I needed to do to get there. And I've since gotten there. Now, it's just, it's really hard. I, there's no chance I would be able to find an assistant for $30,000. Yeah. And I know, uh, at least out here, um, you know, we have uh, predominantly our crews are Hispanic guys. And uh, I know when I first started... Um, there was kind of a stigma with the young kids coming in. Uh, they definitely, the crew put me through the runner, uh, just, you know, picking on me, you know, seeing if I would survive. They got together as a, as a crew and they were going to beat on me to see where I stood, see if I was tough enough. And, uh, you know, they always put the stigma on me that I had white boy syndrome. And white boy syndrome, for all of you that don't know, is basically the guy that drives around the car, points fingers, and has a radio on his hip and doesn't do anything. So, and I hadn't, it wasn't a reason for me to kind of gain my, their trust or respect. It was the way I was, is that I just worked with them and I outworked them. Um, and a lot of them didn't like that either because I was outworking them and they thought I was making them look bad. I pulled them all aside when they took, you know, we all have kind of the leaders of the crew. I pulled them all aside. I said, guys, I'm not here to make you look like shit or make myself look good. We're here to get shit done. That's the end of the story. So if you want to follow along, I'm not going to ask you guys to work as hard as I am. If I'm the one that's out there working like a madman and beating myself up, let me beat myself up. But let's get this stuff done efficiently and safely. If I just happen to be working harder, no big deal. I got no problem doing that. And uh, it was interesting, though, hearing them. Uh, basically say, you know, kind of tell me the story about white boy syndrome. I was just like, no, it's not going to happen here. And I think there are a lot of assistants coming up that that's what they want. That's what they think the job is. Mm -hmm. They're just going to ride around with a radio on their hip and they're going to point fingers and let everybody else do the job for them. Eh. Not happening. It's definitely not happening because the crew sizes are dropped, you know, tremendously since when I started. Um, So that's... uh. Anything else, you know, you can give people tips or anything, younger guys that want to come up or the ones that have been assistants forever that just can't find that opening. Um, it's, I mean, the only thing I have is do the same thing I do. Just keep grinding. You know, that's I mean, what I did. I just kept on grinding. I think we've gotten to a point where the good assistants are going to be found. And if you just keep putting in the time and putting in the work and doing the right thing, you're going to get found. Yeah. You know, so... It's a grind, and it's tough, and the good ones you keep. Yeah. And, and especially the good ones, you're, you're going to want to find them something, too. You're yeah. going to be looking for them when it comes time. Yeah. So, but I, just if finding the right one or if finding one at all right now is just so difficult. And I, I don't know if the student pool is drying up or these younger kids, they don't want to work that hard for that yeah. little cash. Um, but... I wish I had an answer. Yeah, because when I uh, I'd gone to the uh, golf industry show this year, and they have the uh, turf bowl every year, and uh, that's where the students compete, um, you know, from different schools and projects that they do. But you know, I'd he- heard all these stories that you know, such and such school, you know, one of the top uh, schools with the turf degrees, you know, they only have six students enrolled. And it's like, whoa, only six students. But when I was at that show, there was a lot of a lot of kids, you know, going through. You know, of course, the I got kind of a snapshot look at it, 
But I thought, man, there's 180 assistants right there is what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, where's the problem here? Um, what I did notice, though, was a lot of different nationalities, um, you know, other countries, uh, people from other countries coming over here to go to our turf schools to just take the game, you know, take their knowledge back to their country where the game is growing. Yep. Um, Asia. I mean, there were so many Asian kids there and that the game's growing like crazy over there. Um, so that's a good thing to say that, that or see that they're coming over here to go to our schools. But uh, that's great for them. But where's ours? Um, so I encourage I encourage people that if they're not sure and they like to be outside, I've said it before, and you don't want to really deal with too many people, uh, you can find yourself a nice little spot where you're kind of just doing your own thing and uh, you're by yourself as long as you're accountable to yourself. Uh, you can get a lot done by yourself. No one will ever bug you. But anyways, I think that you just got to really kind of buckle up and just get after it if you really want it. If you're not, uh, do us all a favor and uh, move on or just say you want to be an operator. Um, you know, I mean, at the same time, how awesome would it be to, to have a guy that knows your property, been here 20 years, and you can rely, the crew knows him, you know what I mean? Some you, We do need career assistants at the same time. We need yeah. guys that, that's that's just what they like, and... It would there'd be no better asset to me if I had a guy that's been here 20 years and I can just rely on, you know, just course knowledge. And, yep. you know, there's guys out there that really, they're grinders, they're hard workers, and, and they just, they're content with that situation. It'd be awesome. Yeah, maybe they just don't want to have the meetings with the Greens committees yeah. and things I like mean, that. I mean, that's a great segue into, like, what I think one of the hardest or most, most important part of my job, not only managing people, is communicating. Yeah. I mean, especially at a private club, it's just... Just keep as much communication as possible and, and you know, talking to the membership as much as you can. Show your but, face. Yep. Be driving so, around. You might yep. not even, you know, you might be thinking, um, hey, man, I got to get this done. You know, I should go jump on this piece of machinery and get over there and help these guys dig this hole or whatever. But you're th- also thinking in the back of your head, man, I haven't really shown my face around in the past week or whatever. I better take a loop and run into, you know... It becomes a political, it's a dog and pony show and it's political. Whereas you're making sure you're saying hi to the certain members that definitely want to see you. Um, Maybe they are kind of a pain in the butt, but you got to go and see them. You got to show that you're putting in the time and you make them feel special. Um, I do it quite a bit and you know, and I'm just at a public place and it's more or less, uh, I want to kind of show off my crew. A lot of people talk to me, they don't talk to my crew. Um, But I just want to make sure, hey... You guys, you know, you do you do such a great job. You do this. You do that. I hear it all the time. And my response all the time is, please, if you see any of my other guys, you know, say this to them. They're the ones that are out there doing the actual physical work. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just leading them in the right direction. You know, thank you very much. But please do me a favor if you can. Go over to those guys that are working on the crew. Uh, thank them. Thank them for what they're doing because um, it's... You definitely don't get many pats on the back um, doing this job. So it is very nice for them to hear. And then, you know, and I may know the story before my crew member comes back to the shop and is like, oh, I had, you know, a couple golfers came over and they came right up to me and thanked me. And I'm, I kind of play as the, I didn't have that conversation. You know, I didn't push them in that direction. And it's like, yeah, does that feel good? And it's, and they do say, hey, you know, this feel really feels good. It feels like I'm appreciated mm-hmm. around here. And, you know, we know they are. But sometimes they don't know they are. Um, yeah, I you know, mean, so it's I've, nice to hear it. Other than from me going, 
Good job today, guys. Good job. Good yeah. job. It almost is. It's like a broken record. They're hearing it every day. But you know what? I think when you sincerely mean it, instead of just going, good job, good job. And I think I need I need to do a better job of just reinforcing that positivity with my crew. All they want to hear is, you know, I appreciate what you did here. Yeah. Like, the drain you put in over there on 14 looks awesome. Thank you so much for your hard work. Yeah. You know, they just want to feel appreciated sometimes. Yeah. And I, I get surveys back, and it's just like, you know, I, he, sometimes he doesn't thank it. You know, I don't feel like... um. I don't know what almost like you're not part of the team yeah. or you're appreciated yeah, as I don't much feel as you appreciated. Yep. And it's like, all right, I, I can do a better job. I I try to do carne asada every every two every other month, yep. you know, as a as a thank you and I try to in meetings reinforce that hey, thank you for what you guys do and the honest thing is none of the and nobody's going to have a job out here at this country club without the people in this room. Exactly. You know? There's no restaurant, there's no head pro, there's no GM, there's not none of that exists up there without the work that you guys are putting in right. today without yep. showing up. So I try to reinforce that, but any positive reinforcement I think goes a long way. Absolutely. And then especially at a time like now, with when it's hard to find associates, like retention is huge. Oh, what yeah. can I do to make sure the guys are happy so they're coming back to drive all the way out here? I mean it's a long drive yep. from Central Phoenix, you know. Yeah, and it's I, employee retention. It's, it goes a long way for a client out of here, you know. Exactly, and you're trying to do that. And and I know we've talked about it many times. Is hey, did you hear that such and such golf course down the road just bumped up their minimum pay to X amount? You know, and it's two or three bucks more than me. Um, I definitely don't want guys to go running off to them. Um, can I hold them back, or do I want to hold somebody back from having the opportunity to make a couple more bucks? No. But it makes me cringe when I hear when certain golf courses, you know, a lot about here, it's the private ones where they have the money to do it. They float out, you know, two or three bucks extra and it's, oh, I got to get them somehow. So that's it. I'm just cut. I'm making it 15 bucks an hour for my, you know, my first time never touched a bunker rake in my life kind of crew member. And, uh, and, uh. Yeah, it makes me go, oh, man, I got to somehow make sure my guys don't hear about this. You know, that's what I'm thinking because um, I definitely don't want them to. You know, I because where am I going to go to next after yeah, that? But to that point, you know, I've had guys leave for the extra $2, extra $0.50, cents, extra dollar fifty, and they'll come back and oh, say, yeah. you know what, it just wasn't worth it. Right. You know, and, and that's part of creating an environment in my shop where I got an open door policy. Come see me about anything. You know, I'm not going to harp on you. You, I'm going to trust that you're going to be an adult and go out and do your job. Mm-hmm. And if not, then we'll make the correction. But I'm not going to follow you around while you're on the string trimmer. Right. And making sure you get every blade of grass. Yeah, exactly. I'll come around later and make sure it got done. And if it did, I'm going to let you do your thing. Yeah. But I'm not going to, you know. So any way, anything I can do to maintain my staff and not lose them. Because there's, you know, there's some of those guys that walk. That's 15 years of experience. I just walked out of your door for 50 cents. Uh, yep. You know. Yep. So they might not walk if they say. You know, life's pretty good out here. I'll yeah. probably stick around. Exactly. You know? Or, you know, I kind of, I've had the conversation of, hey, I no problem with you leaving. I'm never going to stop you from going to make more money. Um, I hope it works out for you. But, uh, you know, remember, you're about to go start on the bottom of the totem pole. Yeah. You know. Everybody you spent, starts you, Yeah, exactly. You spent how many years working your way up to get on a fairway mower? And you're my, one of my top fairway mower guys and my rough mower. You go down the street to that golf course, uh, I guarantee you, you're back oh. raking bunkers and on the weed eater. You know, you're low man on the totem pole, and you got to work yourself into into yeah. a crew and find your niche, where you might be second and third in line yep. here, and you're gonna go start it 
zero. That's uh, how that's how we work. I, every guy I hire, one day of experience or thirty years, you start. You're on a bunker rake. Yep. Yeah, you're gonna learn the property, and I'm gonna find yep. out if you want to stick around here. Why yeah. are you here? Prove. I mean, it's like it's a prove it. Yeah. The bunkers. If you can do bunkers. You can tell a lot of guy about a guy about how yep. well he does a bunker. Yeah, whether he wants to be there tomorrow. If it's sloppy, or not. you know how it's going to look when he tries the most fairway. Yeah, you know, you just you can weed him out pretty easy just based on that alone. Yep, I definitely I can I can definitely concur with that. Is that you know they come in here with egos and uh, you know you just got to kind of put them back. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much what we're looking for is. Uh, you know, just somebody that wants to get in and be part of the crew, uh, work work with everybody. But uh, they're definitely going to, if they go down the road, they're going to start all brand new. Um, so that's the assistant superintendent kind of piece of this. Um, I encourage you guys that are out there as assistants, please stick with it if you do love it. Uh, if you don't feel that you're making enough money, it's going to come. Um, money doesn't equal happiness. Um, just hopefully that you're at a good place where your boss is cool to work with, uh, you got a good crew, uh, look at all the positive things that are going on. If it is a kind of toxic environment and you're just not a good fit, definitely look to move on, get out of it, try and find something, but uh, stick with the industry. We need you young guys moving up the ladder because um, hopefully one day I will be able to retire. I don't see that in the near future at all. But uh, hopefully one day I can, and uh, you'll be right behind me waiting to take over my job. Which, if it does come up, it's a damn good job. Uh, you're pretty much able to do whatever you want, make sure everything's good, but I love it. Um, so there's to the su- assistant superintendents. Hats off to you guys that are out there grinding. Um, so as we move on here, um, anything... Uh, Anything going on? You know what did come up that I did see? Uh, how about this uh, Tiger-Phil rematch? Only they're going to throw in uh, that big four-headed weirdo, Peyton, and that <laughs> beautifully handsome gentleman, Tommy. Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneer, no, Tom Brady? No, it's just Tom Brady. Man, anything to get sports back. Yeah, Something but, to look forward to, finally. Yeah, but what a cool concept I awesome. think this is going to bring in. Yeah. Because... Uh, from what I understand, they both can play. Uh, that's Peyton and Man- and uh, Brady. You know, they're both good players, um, and I definitely know they like to talk shit. So hopefully, they're mic'd up real good, and and I think this will bring that element into it a little bit. Is, there, a little is bit it more a shit talking situation, or is it Tiger versus Phil? And no, from what I've read, Tom it's versus- Phil and uh, Tom and Tiger and Peyton. Okay, and uh, I'm not sure how the match format's gonna go. Um, you know, I'm sure you saw the Tiger Phil thing. Um, sounded so great. Oh, uh, so dry. It was very dry. Um, I'm hoping by adding uh, these two, it'll be, it'll add a little fun element to it. Won't pre- right. be so serious. I know they're not throwing the 10 million. I don't believe they're throwing the 10 million bucks on the line uh, like they did last time. So hopefully it's just kind of a fun, entertaining thing, and we get them running their mouths at each other. Uh, that'll be good. Um, and then to see some good golf. I believe it's going to take place in Florida. I'm not sure what club it is. Um, I think they did list it, but I forget the name of it. But I'm almost positive it's in Florida. It's going to happen. And uh, that'll be good to watch. And then there's also a skins game that's supposed to be coming too, isn't there? 
I thought I heard about that. Then I I don't know. And then it if kind I of saw fizzled anything. right yeah, off. Yeah, I thought yeah. it fizzled. I couldn't find anything when I was looking. To that would be cool because I remember the skins games when I was little. Uh, those things were awesome. Yeah. Uh, watching, uh, of course, they always came at uh, Thanksgiving time is when the skins games were. Um, you know, and that was cool to watch. And then kind of as it went on years and years down the road, it kind of did fizzle out a little bit, the whole skins game thing. It just wasn't as dramatic. I don't know if it was the players that were playing in it weren't, you know, the high profile names. Yeah. I don't know why it ended. It it was at Indian Wells. It was on Celebrity Course. Yeah. They would do like nine holes one day and nine holes the next, which seems kind of anticlimactic to me. Right. Four guys playing nine holes. Yeah. So I don't know. It'd be I'd take anything right now. Exactly. I mean, yep. It'd be great if they were out there drinking beers or doing whatever they're doing and acting just like go follow the acting next like the general golfer. Yeah, exactly. We should just, just go follow our next foursome and bet. On, yeah. You know, um, on my members yeah. just crush, crush the beers and bet on my members. Yeah, just, just have the skins game and have them not, not even knowing about it. And you got two of us out there betting on <laughs> just slowly this foursome of guys. <laughs> <laughs> playing a skins game that would be awesome that'd be adding entertainment for sure can we bark can we bark the members yeah bark the members yep throwing money and they look back at us and we're just <laughs> sitting there uh guys you guys can pass no we're we're betting on no, you we're too we're betting on you guys in fact the yeah. guy in the blue you're gonna have to get yeah. the next one in yeah, bounds you, yeah exactly i'd like to keep my five dollars this hole <laughs> sir you know i'll split it with you <laughs> But yeah, it'll be good to see uh, anything, uh, anything coming up. Uh, there's talks of there's more and more talks of these sports opening back up. Uh, I saw baseball had some talks about. Um, there was a guy on yesterday morning or this morning on ESPN uh, talking about a 60 game tournament for baseball rather than the 162 games. Uh, maybe realigning the divisions, some, some uh, division so there's less travel. East coast, west coast. Yeah, you would uh, still have to do. A National League and American League, right? Right, yeah. For the DH? Yeah, exactly. No, I think the Mar- the Marlins were in with the Red Sox in the same division. Oh, so everybody's going to get a DH. Uh, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. But, uh, yeah, it's supposed to be like uh, they're going to change it anyways. But I think that was just an idea thrown out around there that wasn't from the commissioner or anything. That was just somebody that had an idea. But he was on uh, in whatever show Mike Greenberg's on now. Get up. In the morning, yeah, get up with Greeny. Um, so... That'll be cool. Uh, sports. Uh, the NFL draft was out. Uh, I watched. Uh, I usually watch about till the third in years past the thirty second pick in the draft. The New England Patriots will take because <laughs> uh, they've been so dominant for so long. Um, that's about as far as I ever watched it. Um, and maybe I watched the first really the first two picks, three picks. Um, this one being the way it was, awful. I didn't watch a single uh, Yeah, I'm second. not a single. I watched, I'm not a I think, the guy. first pick. Neither am I. Um, but I like to see certain players, you know, go or who's picking who, whatever. You know, if there's a big debate over who's going to go number one, yeah, I'll go watch that. Uh, but not having anybody there. And Roger Goodell is the biggest what? flop in town. What is he doing? That guy is a clown. I cannot believe he is the commissioner of the most lucrative sport in our country. Makes $40 million a year. Oh, what a bag of dicks. He's <laughs> such a piece of shit. Uh, he's, I mean, obviously I'm a Pats fan and he's been digging on us forever. Um, and I just can't stand him for that. But if I look at it as another 
fan of another team or maybe even completely unbiased, um, he's a clown. Uh, his whole little man cave thing that he was reading notes from, he couldn't even read the fucking guy's names right. That was pretty bad. Um, that's really sad. Please, can you give him some help? I mean, these guys, are gonna, they're making money for him. He Just read it three or four times before you go on damn Does camera. Does this not have a, sure a name right. guy first? It's like, all right, here's who got drafted. Yeah. and then Dan Cutler. Yeah, exactly. Dan Cutler. Hey, don't say it three times. Yeah, <laughs> don't practice, mess it up. Practice. Practice. Um, yeah, he's an ass, but uh, that was pretty sad to see the way they had to do it. But they had to get it done. You know, they had to do it. Um, I thought it was funny. I saw a meme out there. It was uh, of whoever coaches the Cardinals out here. I don't even know his name. Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah, Cliff. And he's sitting in this monstrous house and whatever. And the meme said eight wins versus six rings. And it was Belichick sitting at With his, his grandmother's <laughs> at his grandmother's god. Uh, table well that's what it looked like anyways uh that was pretty funny but that was the entertainment of the draft was seeing what guys were drafting in uh i saw jerry jones was on like some 250 million dollar yacht um i mean he's got it yeah it does yeah. but it's <laughs> not it was surprised. that was that sad that that was my entertainment for the draft is where are these coaches yeah. and whatever and vrabel had his kids acting oh, as yeah. like guards he was taking a shit in the background with a picture yeah it had to be staged, though. <laughs> yeah, I'm but, sure yeah, it was. It was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. And, you know, they asked him, hey, you know, what's up with that? He, of course, he gets a bunch of grief for it and whatever. He's like, hey, I'm just trying to make some fun. And that's thing is, people, settle down. Ugh. You know, God. People are so uptight. Turn the, chill fun, out. turn the fucking channel. You know, that's the same thing with this. You know, you might listen to us say a few things. If you don't like it, turn it. Um, but we're just kidding. Don't turn it. <laughs> What's that? Just kidding. Don't turn it. Yeah, exactly. Just kidding. Don't turn it off. Uh, we'll entertain you enough. Um, I'm sure, but we'll say some things that are probably a little controversy. Sometimes we might sit here like a dead fish. Those days come, believe me. Oh. Uh, they will come. We'll have our bad runs at it. But anyways, um, you know what else, uh, I did enjoy. Um, so I'm a huge Beastie Boys fan. And their documentary came out last week. Uh, I'm, I'm from that era of where those guys pretty much raised me. Um, and which is pretty sad to say. I guess that would uh, tell a lot about me <laughs> if those three knuckleheads raised me. Um, they were in every every mixtape I ever made was a handful of their songs. I mowed my lawn every single day to license to ill. Uh, burned through two of those tapes just mowing lawns never mind the one that i originally started with um that's all i listened to uh the documentary was awesome uh they go through their pretty much their whole entire career where if you've if you're interested in them it will really interest you um it was really sad because uh mca is no longer with us uh so they touched on that and it was sad watching those guys break down talking about them uh and I even told my wife the other night, I said, hey, you might see me cry. She's like, why? I said, because when they talk about this dude, I'm going to cry. And uh, yeah, it was, it was really touching. But the, uh, it was awesome. Uh, it goes through their whole entire career, um, how they started so young. So young, they were 16 years old, touring with Madonna. You know, how in the world do you come out alive at that? You're 16, 17 years old, and you're torn with Madonna, and then bang, right after you come home from that, you're jumping on with Run DMC, and you're going to go tour the country as three little Jewish white kids from New York City, and you're going to go rap with Run DMC around the country. 
and then it takes them on the world. And they're 18, 19 years old, and they're in every country in the world and just getting fucked up the entire time. Um, and then they took a huge hiatus, and a lot of it was to get their heads, their heads, their minds, their bodies straight again. Uh, they took some serious abuse. And then they come back as older men, and you can just see them. They've got their head on their shoulders, and now they're... I mean, at that time, in the uh, late 90s, they were, I would say, one of the biggest bands in the world. Uh, everything they put out, they started touching everybody across the world. Uh, they were really getting into, you know, mixing a whole bunch of music. So people that thought they were rap, all of a sudden you find out these guys are really talented musicians. Uh, but anyways, it was a great story. It was something cool for me to see. Growing up as a huge fan, uh, brought back a ton of memories. I've been to, a oh, Jesus, I imagine 10, 15 of their shows. We used to travel, me and one of my friends, Actually, two of my buddies, we used to travel into New York City to go see them. So I'm in Madison Square Garden, their home. Um, that was probably the most insane concert I've ever been to in my life. Um, of course, they were teamed up with Rage Against the Machine. Um, so that hit two huge check marks on my uh, list of bands to see. And to see it in New York City was wild. Uh, I've never seen a more crazy mosh pit in my entire life uh i don't know how many people possibly got seriously injured in that thing but looking at it from our seats in section 207 or whatever it was it was mayhem uh but great times uh, lots of memories with those guys so watching it the other night brought back a lot of childhood memories uh, a lot of thinking of what college was like because uh, that's all i listened to with those dudes it was really good uh, so check it out it's a uh, beastie boys story it's on apple uh tv uh so you can download that thing and check it out uh give it a watch um anything else uh you checking out seeing you want to cover a uh we got any more questions you know what else would would be funny to bring up uh to kind of segue way away from what we were just talking about is uh we kind of thought about a uh thing to talk about and i think we're gonna call it the the good idea fairy um these uh are some good ideas that were brought to us by mostly crew members or maybe a golfer had come by and said hey you guys should try doing this or try doing that um i have a really funny one when we were overseeding at uh desert highlands we had a new crew member he was an older guy and uh he was out doing uh the tea boxes actually he was filling divots on the tea boxes and he kind of got frustrated that every day he was going to fill divots and he wasn't a golfer so he didn't really know why he was doing this you know why every day i'm doing this and i go back the next day and there's i got i just did this hole and it's covered in divots so we kind of explain that to him whatever and then he says but everyone i'm doing it's got the seed in it and all the birds are eating all the seed so we said, yeah, it's part of the deal. You know, they're going to come up here. So just keep doing what you're doing. Time goes by, maybe a day or two later. Wheel around the corner on uh, number four, Desert Highlands, par three. And he's out in the desert with a bag of seed, a full 50-pound bag. And he's emptying it. He's emptying this 50-pound bag yeah. in the desert yes. into a pile. Why have I never thought of it? <laughs> yes. So I'm Is like... that all you have to do? Yeah, that's all you got to do. So I, I said to him, I said, what are you doing with the bag of seed? I said, 
you're wasting seed. He says, he looks me, I mean, he is dead serious. He says, nope. He said, I'm putting this bag of seed, this pile of seed over here so these fucking birds don't eat any more of the seed out of the divots. They're going to come over here and work on this pile and they'll never come back to my divots. <laughs> I, I, no. I mean, the pile was gone. It's, I mean, you know, birds. Once you put big pile like that, more it's birds come. It's a great coming. idea. It, yeah, it was a great idea. Did not work. But yeah, he was out in the middle of the desert, probably 40 <laughs> yards from the tee box, emptying a bag out onto the ground so all his little birdie buddies would go over there and eat out of his pile uh we stopped that real quick because i mean i swear to god the pile was gone in two days a 50 pound bag seed gone i mean for the most part you left it out there Oh, well, yeah, we didn't clean it. I just, yeah. Might as well test it. Well, I mean, what the heck? What's one bag of seed? Might as well test it. Yeah, what if it worked? Yeah, we'd be throwing. Pour it on the ground. You put a little couple holes in the bag and let them work for it. Yeah, I guess, but he cut it open and just dumped the entire bag out there. Classic. Yeah. (laughs) So So that's the good idea from uh, one of my old employees that uh, we did not work on. So that'll be kind of the topic of that or the idea of that little uh, good idea fairy will be some some wild ideas that uh, we've come across in our day. You got any right off the top of your head that you can work? I mean, one one that really stands out to me is when I was at Indian Wells, we had a guy in the crew. um, I think he ended up going to turf school. But anyway, he came to me one day and he goes, Dan, I think we should start putting tarps under every tree. And I was, I was like, oh, okay, what for? And he goes, well, that way we can catch the leaves. And then we can just go around and pick up the leaves <laughs> in the morning and put the tarps back down. I'm like, we got a lot of trees out here. Yeah. You, who's going to go put all these tarps down and go pick them back up? And then we're, we're just going to have tarps uh, everywhere? <laughs> what about people that hit it onto the tarp, buddy? So you didn't try that one? We didn't. We didn't try. We even. We didn't even try it once. Not no. like letting the seeds stay on the desert. It was uh, squashed pretty quick. But he was very, <laughs> yeah. very excited to get a tarp under every tree. I mean, I like the enthusiasm. Yeah, we need to keep the ideas coming. Yeah, so. the only way you're ever going to come up with a good idea is if you don't just chuck. It's like you know, chuck the shit at the wall, see what yeah. sticks. And, and if anybody you guys out there have any good stories like that, feel free to share them. We'll share them during the segment. We'll call it the, the good idea fairy segment. And just, I mean, I'm sure that the stories are awesome. Oh, I'm sure they're endless. I mean, I could go on probably, like, shit, I could probably bring a whole podcast, but we'll save those and we'll uh, throw them out there as they come. Uh, each episode, we'll maybe throw that in there and, uh, you know, just bring some laughter to it all. But um, any other uh, stories, thoughts, topics you want to cover before we uh, cut this one? Not much, man. Yeah. I think it's uh, probably time to say goodbye uh this week has been kind of busy for both of us a little wild so squeaking this one in i think we've just got a reality check on uh this is going to be tough it's going to be tough to make the time uh we bounced around uh some certain times to try and get this thing done uh today we're trying a different one um and i thought it would work uh it's just was a pain in the ass for me to get from my golf course over to here to try and uh do this it's uh, much better if there's a little decompression a little bit more thought put into it um, and you kind of change modes i thought maybe sticking around to the shop and being closer to the golf course um, would kind of keep us really in tune with what's going on but that uh that time of decompression is very important i'm quickly finding out not sure if this is really what we need to be talking about on the podcast but hey the door is open we're going to tell you everything and some of our struggles that we're having and uh 
I think uh, that goes with life, though. Yep. You know, sometimes you can't just bounce around quick, boom, 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 and think you're going to get it all done. Some time away, uh, collect your thoughts, maybe go home, see the wife, see the kids, uh, get your head out of here for a little bit, um, and then you can really tackle it. It's uh, So we're going to definitely change that up, but it does nothing for you guys, only we're just going to talk about it here for a minute and uh, just kind of let you know inside of our heads what's going on. So with that, uh, we're going to say goodbye from another with another episode from the Jingwees. Thanks for joining us, and uh, later. See you guys. Love you, Mom and Dad.